ஒன்பதாவதுமூன் Allah Ta'ala has given us this little time in dunya which is an opportunity to make our akhirat. This is a passing phase. Nobody who has come has remained here and nobody who is presently here will remain. Anyone and everyone who has come onto earth has come to go. Nobody has come to stay. So in this short time that we have in dunya, this is an opportunity to make our akhirat. Ad-dunya mazra'atul akhirat. The dunya is the planting field of the akhirat. What a person plants here, he will reap the result of that in the hereafter. And therefore, Allah Ta'ala, out of His grace, out of His mercy, out of His infinite compassion and kindness upon his servants since this dunya is the the life of dunya is the one and only chance it's the one and only chance to make the eternal life of akhirat a very very short time very limited time that a person has in dunya but this is the one and only chance that he has to make his eternal life of hereafter never ending so since this is the only chance person has many chances to do something so he can try once and fail and then he'll get a chance to do it again it doesn't work out a second time he can do it a third time and in dunya these things carry on they happen people try and things don't work out the first time they try it the second time they try it the third time eventually somewhere down the line that all becomes a learning process person benefits out of that also that he carried on trying carried on learning something or the other came right finally but as far as the akhirat is concerned as soon as the person's eyes close in dunya that one and only chance of the life of dunya is over then there's no chance once the eyes close once the person is laid in his qabr that is it once his eyes close in dunya that is it there's no coming back then the person's please that ya allah send me back to the dunya la'alli a'malu salihan fi ma tarakt i will then be very pious the time that i will be given i will be very obedient kalla innaha kalimatun huwa qailuha never that time has gone now your opportunity was there now your time has expired that opportunity has gone 
So, because this is the only chance, while a person is living in dunya, out of Allah Ta'ala's infinite kindness and compassion for his servants, Allah Ta'ala sent the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam, the chosen servants of Allah Ta'ala to guide this insan and to help him to get to his destination safely, to make his akhirat, to make his abode of Jannat. So the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam sacrificed everything in order to pass on this message of Allah Ta'ala. Finally, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the same message, with the same compassion, with that kindness, with that zeal and enthusiasm for us to also reach the destination of Jannah safely. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam displayed that beautiful way of life. person follows in those Mubarak footsteps. Inshallah, he will reach safely to the destination. So this requires that all the various aspects of life that a person now has to live, he has to live as a individual, so he has his individual responsibilities, his commitments to deen, his obligations to Allah Ta'ala, he has to live as a person, is part of a family, he'll be a son first, or a daughter, so he has to live as a child of his parents, he has to live as a member of his family, as one who is perhaps among other siblings, so he has responsibilities in that regard, and then he is part of an extended family, so then he has responsibilities in that regard, there's some uncles, there's some aunts, there's some other relatives, so all these relatives Allah Ta'ala has highlighted the rights of these relationships in the Quran Sharif, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ Fear Allah Ta'ala in whose name you ask one another for your needs, that the name of Allah Ta'ala do this for me, and the name of Allah Ta'ala fulfill this need of mine. So you take the name of Allah Ta'ala and invoke His name in order to get people to help you out. So fear Allah Ta'ala in whose name you ask this. And in the same line Allah Ta'ala says, Arham, Fear Allah Ta'ala with regards to relationships. This ayat is recited in the khutbah of Nikah. The person is being reminded there that look, you are moving into another step of life, another phase of life, another new type of life now. Previously, you were living as a single person, your responsibilities were limited, now you're going to have not one family, two families. You're going to have your own family, you're going to be having the family that you're going to get married into. You have the responsibilities that weigh with you, you're going to have double responsibilities now. Before, while you were single, you had to think once. And now that you're married, you'll have to think thrice. You'll have to think of me, of her, of us. And that it doesn't finish off also. And if you think of all the rest of it that carries on from there. So now all these things will have to be considered. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ Fear Allah Ta'ala in whose name you ask one another for whatever your needs are, your requirements are. Fear Allah Ta'ala with regards to fulfilling the rights of kinship. So now a person is going to live as a part of a family, so he has that responsibility. Now he will come into that phase of life, he'll now be a husband, then there's so much more that now will come upon him in terms of responsibilities, in terms of duties. 
Then he will become a father. Now he has to fulfill that responsibility that he has now taken upon himself, that he has now a child to take care of. He has to raise that child in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with and in the way that that child also becomes a true asset to himself, to others. Somebody who walks in the path of deen and walks in the road of Jannah. So at every juncture these things just keep increasing. These responsibilities, these various angles, it never decreases. Illa mashallah. And that too it seems to decrease, something else comes in its place. So this is this dunya. A person as he's moving, now he's going to, as he moves into the next phase of life, he's going to then have to earn a living also. Prior to that, his need, somebody else was now helping out, somebody was taking care of him, somebody was meeting all the expenses on his behalf. But now he comes into that phase, he has to take that responsibility. So now as a person in dunya, earning his livelihood, how does he conduct himself there? He's going to have to interact with people, he's going to have to deal with others, he's going to have to transact. What is his manner of going about things? What is his uh, manner of dealing? So every aspect of life now, this person has to live this life of dunya, taking care of all these things in a way that he reaches his destination of Jannah safely. Doesn't get derailed anywhere. So for this, he requires ilm, he requires amal, he requires all the aspects that are going to make this journey safe for him. He doesn't have knowledge of the road, he might take the wrong turn somewhere. So he needs the ilm. He doesn't have the knowledge in detail himself, he'll need to have somebody to guide him. So that he knows, okay, turn here, this is the turn to take, this is the way to go. So he will follow the directions and move forward. And he will need that help and support from time to time when he is in a, at a loss now, which way to turn, what to do. This road seems a little confusing. The road is very clear. But the fog that comes around as a result of which a person can't see where is the road. The road is clear. But now the fog that now settled over the road because of whatever route he's taking. So now that becomes difficult to see through it. So in any case all these things are part of life that he has to learn, he has to now move on. But among all these things, this ilm that he requires, amal that he needs, all these things are in its place, crucially important. But the factor that is going to carry him through in all these things safely, among all these other aspects, and in all these various facets of life, as a child, then as a part of a family, so now as a child, his responsibility to his parents, as a part of a family, his responsibility to others, as a father, his responsibility to his children, as a husband to his wife, the wife to the husband, and all these various relationships and interactions, and in his business, in his social life, the thing that is going to carry him across is akhlaq. And to the extent that this akhlaq has been developed, to that extent he himself will be at peace, and he'll become a source of peace and happiness for others also. And to the extent that this akhlaq has not been developed, to the extent that this akhlaq has degenerated, deteriorated, akhlaq has become very poor, 
to that extent he himself will suffer the consequences and he'll become a source of misery for others also. He'll be in pain and he'll cause pain. He'll be in suffering, he'll cause suffering. It's a different matter that somebody else will make sabr on the, the suffering that he will cause and that sabr will take them to the heights of Jannah, but he's going to have to face the double consequences. Already the suffering he himself will suffer and the harm of giving taklif to others. That too he's going to have to account for. That too he's going to have to pay back for. So in order to teach us how to live as good human beings and to fulfill all these responsibilities of life, in the way that we reach our destination of Jannah safely, among the things that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us verbally, practically, in every way, was the lesson of akhlaq, which every day if we revise also, we still won't be able to do justice. Every day we revise this lesson also, it'll still be less. And this is what Allah Ta'ala highlighted about Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the Quran Sharif, that where all the other various aspects about him have been mentioned, Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ When the disbelievers started making all kinds of comments, baseless, because they had nothing to say, they didn't know what to do. How to try and prevent people from coming close to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? What can be done to try and uh, distance people away from him? So now they started making all kinds of comments, Na'uzubillah, that he's insane. So now thinking that maybe people will think about this comment and they might not come close to him. But all these things don't make any difference. When Allah has blessed somebody with the best akhlaq, Allah has blessed him with the best of everything, what is this going to make any difference? All the comments of people and whatever else doesn't harm in any way. What is required is the person has his direction correct. He does what is right. People's comments, people's negative comments, their criticism, provided he must make sure nevertheless he's right. Sometimes a person says, I'm not bothered about what people say. But sometimes what people are saying is right. So, you know, I don't bother about what people say. Mashallah, very good. You mustn't bother about what people say if what they are saying is wrong. And what you are doing is right. Then don't bother about what they are saying. Then you carry on doing the right thing. But sometimes the person is doing the wrong things. And people are commenting or people are saying something. People are telling him to now change something. No, I don't bother about what anybody says. No, no, that you have to bother about. If what somebody is saying is right, then to reject that is takabur. Al-kibaru batarul haq wa nas. Pride. This has the two elements, batarul haq, rejecting the truth. Person to understand that what is being told to me is right. But who are you to tell it to me? So therefore that becomes a barrier. And looking down upon others, this is pride. So Allah wa ta'ala rejected all these futile and baseless comments of the disbelievers. Noon wal qalam yoma yasturoon. مَا أَنْتَ بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ بِمَجْنُونَ Allah Ta'ala first takes a qasam by the pen. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam, not because Allah Ta'ala needs to take a qasam to convince somebody about something. 
Allah Ta'ala is Ashdaqul Qailin. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on various things in the Quran Sharif to highlight its importance. Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam by it. The pen, the Bufasirim explain, this is the pen of the taqdeer, the pen of destiny. Awalu ma khalaqallahu al-qalam. The first thing Allah Ta'ala created was the qalam. The first thing Allah Ta'ala created was the pen of destiny. فَقَالَ لَهُ أُكْتُبْ Allah Ta'ala gave it the command write. So it asked, what should I write? So Allah Ta'ala gave it the command write what is going to happen till the last day. Till the end of, till perpetuity. So the pen of destiny began writing with the hukam of Allah Ta'ala, with the command of Allah Ta'ala. And 50,000 years before this dunya was created, it wrote down that destiny. Divide of Tirmidhi Sharif. Now this is that yaqeen that a person has to develop in his heart. That this is Allah Ta'ala's system. Yes, there are various things that we have to bear in mind in terms of how we conduct ourselves. But it's Allah Ta'ala's nizam, his system, his creation. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam by this pen. So one is the pen of destiny. But then together with that, the pen in general, the pen of the angels, the angels that are writing, Kiram and Katibin, the angels that are writing, every person, every deed that he does, is being recorded. That pen also is a very, very mighty pen. On the day of Qiyamah, the effects of that pen will become evident. Mali Hadal Kitab, La Yugadiru Wala Kabiratan Illa Ahsaha. When the book of deeds of a person will be presented, which the angels were recording throughout his life. Now he'll get a shock. Every minute detail is in here. What has happened? Why is this book recording every single minute detail? But Allah Ta'ala has given the opportunity in dunya, a person can press the delete button. If he presses the delete button before death, he'll get deleted. Allah Ta'ala has provided the delete button of Tawbah. The delete button of Tawbah gets pressed before the end of a person's life, then he'll delete it. Sincere Tawbah, fulfilling the right the conditions of that Tawbah. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala takes this Qasam by this pen. All the knowledge that then flowed, flowed from this pen. Iqra, this first surah that was revealed, Allah Ta'ala in this surah also, Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq, Khalaqal Insana Min Alaq, Iqra, Wa Rabbuka Al-Akram, Alladhi Allama Bil Qalam. One, of the many, many scholars, Allama Jarir Tawari Rahimahullah, he was such a writer and the amount of kitabs of various sciences that he wrote of tafsir and hadith and whatever other ulum and knowledge. His tafsir, tafsir Tawari is among the very major classical works. So it was for 40 years Every day, he wrote 40 pages. Every day, 40 pages. And those pages weren't in a small notebook or something, pocket size. Those big size pages previously they would have. 40 pages every day. Now to write one page, you might have to study so many pages. Now he's writing 40 pages every day. And now those 40 pages, over 40 years, 
So the calculation comes to something like over five, over half a million pages, 580,000 pages approximately. A person wrote 580,000 pages of ilm. Now this is a pen. So Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam by this pen. Noon wal qalami wa ma yasturoon and what they write with it. Then Allah Ta'ala says, ma anta bi ni'mati rabbika bi majnoon. That with the favor and grace of your Rabb, you are not a, an insane person. They can go and look. This Qalam has written history before also. They can, can open the books of history, whatever is available, and go and investigate anything. That a person with these kind of qualities, a person with this exemplary character, a person with this most noble life, a person who conducts himself in such an excellent manner, a person who is so perfect in every regard, can it ever be possible that such a person, any minute fraction of insanity come anywhere close to him? This claim itself is so absurd that it doesn't require any refutation. It is refuted by its very own self. That where they are trying to direct it, it just cannot come anywhere close to it. Ma anta bi rabbika bi so first Allah Ta'ala refutes this baseless thing. That this doesn't even require any refutation. It is self-evident that there is not even a fraction of any reality to this, any truth to this. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the most perfect personality ever to set foot on earth. Insanity and this personality, they don't come anywhere close. مَا أَنْتَ بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ بِمَجْنُونَ وَإِنَّ لَكَ لَأَجْرًا غَيْرَ مَمْنُونَ And certainly for you is a never-ending reward. That the effort that you have made, the example that you have set, and the benefit that you have allowed to flow through, which will carry on till Qiyamah, this will keep bringing a never-ending reward. A person who is insane, his efforts don't bring any good fruit. An insane person doesn't bring any production, anything constructive. And this is your end result, never-ending reward. These two things can't be hand in hand. This claim of insanity itself is completely absurd. And then Allah Ta'ala highlights, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ Forget any fraction of insanity, you are on the height of good akhlaq. On the peak of it. But there's a very great lesson in this. Allah Ta'ala first completely refutes this aspect of insanity which was being baselessly just hurled across. Allah says, how can this ever be possible when you are on the height of good akhlaq? So whatever deficiency there might be in that akhlaq in a person, that just keeps bringing him one more step lower and lower and lower and brings him closer to something called insanity. Now for example, part of akhlaq is to be able to control anger. Now a person says, no, I just got no control. I just lose it. So now when he loses it, how he conducts himself? Then people describe it also, you see, he has gone mad. Sometimes the person himself says, I just went mad. So now, it's insanity. But then insanity came when the akhlaq disappeared. The person had no control over his anger. He himself says, I just went mad. I got mad. 
So we haven't come, we haven't been sent to be insane. We have been sent to follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And to the extent that a person will follow in his Mubarak footsteps and adopt his great akhlaq, to that extent he won't get mad. He won't behave in a mad way. He won't lose it. He'll be in control. So the thing that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam presented was akhlaq. How to live with akhlaq. All and sundry. With friends, with enemies also. What kind of akhlaq? And it was a sort of akhlaq that brought people into deen. In one hadith sharif, where Hind ibn Bihala, he was asked to describe Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now this akhlaq, various aspects of akhlaq. So there are many, many things mentioned in this hadith, a lengthy hadith. Um, Tirmizi rahimahullah quotes it in his shamayil in various places. So on one of the aspects that he explains, so first he describes the condition of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mutawasil al-ahzan, daim al-fikra. That he was in perpetual grief, constantly in concern. Grief over what? Grief over dunya, grief over not having had enough to eat, grief that his family was starving. No, that wasn't the grief that Nabi Wasallam was experiencing. That he himself made dua, Allahumma j'al rizqa ali muhammadin quta. Can you imagine such a dua? And who's making it? That personality for whom Allah Ta'ala offered, if you want, we'll make the mountains into gold for you. But he's making dua, Allahumma j'al rizqa ali Muhammadin quta. Ya Allah, you grant that amount of rizq to the family of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that will be just barely sufficient for them. Not more than that. They'll just take care of their basic needs. Just barely sufficient. Whereas every person now has this aspiration, every person has this desire that he wants to have the good things of life and he wants to leave the good things of life that we are not forbidden from enjoying the na'mats of Allah Ta'ala but this is the dua that the Beast also made for his family. So that was not the grief that he had. His grief was, one was the grief Grief when a person as he progresses in the ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala. And the Anbiya Alayhi keep increasing in that ma'rifat at every moment. So each time that they went on a higher level, that lower level they felt was a deficiency. Whereas that in itself was beyond what we can imagine. So that was like a kind of grief that that too was a deficiency. Whereas that too was on a very high level. Now this is a very deep aspect of their life, their marifat of Allah wa ta'ala. And as a result the heart would be in this grief. The grief about what the direction people are taking. And as a result Allah ta'ala had to console Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَىٰ Perhaps you will be, you will annihilate yourself and destroy yourself out of this extreme burden that you are putting over yourself because people don't want to follow you. They don't want to take the path of deen that you are presenting to them. So this was that grief. 
And together with that, constantly in this concern, how to get the servants of Allah Ta'ala connected to Allah Ta'ala. But together with all this, then further the narrator explains, لَيْسَ بِالْجَعْفِي وَلَا الْمُهِينَ On the one side, the heart constantly in this situation. But on the other side, لَيْسَ بِالْجَعْفِي Explanation of this, the Muhaddisin give, that Jafi means, he was not a person of ill character. Often, this becomes the lame excuse. I had so much of pressure on me, and my heart was in so many different places, therefore now I just started talking anything, and started doing other things, and just venting on others. So basically, I am supposed to be excused. Whatever I did, because now I was under this pressure, and whatever happened at work, and what happened outside, and somebody in the masjid said something to me, whatever else, as a result of it now, that's my excuse now, I should be excused and pardoned now. That's license for me to say what I want to say, to do what I want to do. On the one hand, this is the heart of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this constant grief, this constant concern. لَيْسَتْ لَهُ رَاحَةٌ No rest. But at the same time, the Sahabi says, that Mara'aitu Ahadan Akthara Tabassuman min Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa I never saw anybody smiling more than Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Inside, a different situation, but to make it easy for everyone outside, the akhlaq, that forever smiling with everyone, crying in front of Allah ta'ala, entering the home cheerfully, bringing cheer and happiness to people around. Laysa bil jafi. Mother person, one meaning is of a hard nature. He didn't have a hard nature. Very soft nature. Like mentioned in another hadith, layin al janib. Sahal al khuluq. Very easy going. Very soft natured. Now, this akhlaq. This person is going to be living among people. He's not living in a mountain top alone. He's going to interact with others. To live with others. So he has to live with the akhlaq that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught. He'll be at peace, he'll give peace. He'll enjoy, and others will enjoy also. Otherwise he'll be in turmoil, and he'll create more turmoil for others. Laysa bil jafi. Neither was he a hard-natured person, nor was he a person of ill character. Walal muheen. Nor was he one who would humiliate others. Now often, our first line would be a line of humiliating somebody. Somebody made a mistake, the first line would be, how dumb can you be? So like that person wanted to say something to, that will make them dumb right there. So the first line will be a line of humiliating someone. Whereas the manner of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would never humiliate anyone. That was not his way. This is also a thing to be learned. How to handle situations correctly. How to put things right. Sometimes there's a need for some firmness also. Sometimes there's a need for something to be said very, very clearly as well. If something is wrong, it has to be corrected. But there's a, depending on what the issue is, what is the level of what has happened? 
it is wrong on the level of something totally haram that has to be dealt with in that manner. And something is wrong in the sense that it is not really appropriate, it has to be dealt with accordingly. Those who understood this, they understood how to handle this. One person had come with his garments hanging low below his ankles. So he came to the company of one Buzrug. So now this was a newcomer. He had no idea what this person's background is, how he'll take something. So after a little bit of familiarity was built up and so on, then when the person left, turned, woke up to leave, he told him, look, my, sometimes I can't notice, you know, this is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif about the harm of wearing your garments below your ankles. Ma asfala min al min al nar. What hangs below the ankles will be in the fire of Jahannam. My gaze, my sight is sometimes, I can't see too well. I don't even realize sometimes when my garments are hanging below. Please, I'm going to stand up, just check for me. So he stood up and he says, please just check, let's my garments are not hanging below my ankles by any chance. Hazrat, what garments yours are hanging below? My garments are hanging below my ankles. Inshallah, I'll sort it out today. Now, the object was to get the job done. The object was to get the person to correct the wrong. Now, one way of going about it was to tell him, you see, you are already headed towards Jahannam. So now, if that person had any kind of inclination towards now doing the right thing also, he'll say, well, I'm already headed there, and maybe he might try to drag this person along also. By how he might react, and what he might do, and how this person might then react. So this was not the way of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to humiliate somebody. Walal muheen. He would not cause any humiliation to others. He would correct the wrong. And if sometimes there was a need for displaying some anger because of whatever might have happened, he displayed that anger also. But there's a way of how to display that anger. Nothing from the mouth was come out then which is against the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. It won't be venting anger in the sense that venting an emotion. It was saying something in a way that required to be said to put the wrong rights. So, لَيْسَ بِالْجَافِي وَلَا الْمُهِينَ Thereafter, further, the narrator explains further, يُعَظِّمُ النِّعْمَةَ وَإِنْ دَقَّتْ Nabi Wasallam, he would respect every bounty of Allah Taala, regard it as a great favor of Allah Taala, even though if it was a small thing, what we regard as small, something minor in our eyes, but every ni'mat of Nabi Islam, every ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala was regarded as a very great thing. Yu'azzimun ni'mah. Many a person sometimes they got some things which in terms of monetary value is really nothing. Worth barely a couple of rands. But it got it kept very, very safely. It got it kept very, very, in a very treasured place. So why? See, now this was a gift from somebody very senior. So now for innal قَلِيلَ مِنَ الْجَلِيلِ جَلِيلٌ Something small from someone big becomes very big. It's small, but it came from someone big. Now the Imam of the Haram gave somebody one gift. Might have been one handkerchief. But now that handkerchief he'll treasure it. Some Buzru gave somebody something. Might be one topi. That topi will be worth two rands. 
But that topi will be treasured more than something worth 200 rands, 2000 rands. Why? Because it came from somebody senior. Now that same mindset has to be applied to every na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. That every na'mat is the bounty of Rabbul Alameen. Every drop, every grain is the favor and the na'mat and the bounty of Rabbul Alameen. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah his incident which we mentioned many times, that he, some coin fell out of his hand, like a 10 cent coin now in our context. Nowadays a 10 cent coin, you can't give anybody anything. A beggar won't accept it too. What is going to do with this? So now the 10 cent coin fell off from his hand. It was in the evening, so it was a bit dark, and there were some bushes around where it fell. But he still started looking for it. Looking for it and now trying to find it and locate it. Number one is dark, then those bushes, how is he going to find it in there? Eventually he couldn't find it and then he let it pass and carried on. So his son who was with him asked him, but now this 10 cent fell down. And now you're looking for this 10 cent in the dark and in those bushes and it was difficult. So he said, well, we tried to look for it, we couldn't find it, so then we moved on. If I just walked away, it would have showed disregard for this ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. That this is nothing, I don't have any regard for it, I don't have any appreciation for this. It is all these ten cents and that one cents put together that makes the one rand, that makes the hundred rands, that makes a thousand rands, that makes the hundred thousand rands, and whatever number. It is those one one cents put together that comes to that point. Take all the cents out, there won't be any rands left. So every ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala is to be appreciated. So Nabi Islam would regard every ni'mat of as very great, لا يزم منها شيئا He would never ever criticize any bounty of Allah Ta'ala. Find fault with something. Find fault with anything. That was not his way. And then further, غير أنه لم يكن يزم زواقا Any na'mat, this already now includes everything. But then the Rabbi explains, especially he would never ever criticize or find fault with food. Whereas this too is part of every bounty. But this is given special mention. That Nabi Wasallam would never ever find fault with food. If it was something that he preferred, he partook of it. If for any reason this was something that he did not want to partake of, then he let it be. But he never ever found fault with it. Never ever made a negative comment about it. Now when this is the way that somebody conducts himself, why won't that house be a little example of Jannah? So, this akhlaq, there's so much more that is mentioned in this hadith sharif. Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq inshallah on some other occasion we would continue. But this is that message and lesson that we have to imbibe deep down into our hearts, into our lives. Bringing alive the akhlaq of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With all around us, everyone, one and all, living with akhlaq. This is what will become the safeguard for so many other things. And when the akhlaq gets lost, then Allah forbid even a person's ibadat will also get lost. On the day of Qiyamah, he'll end up paying out all those who he had harmed due to his poor akhlaq. All his salah, his zakat, his fasting, his hajj, his umrah, his charity, and whatever other amal he had done, Allah forbid all, they'll get dished out to others. So we have to keep reflecting what is our akhlaq all about. We all insan, we all weak, we all make mistakes, but we have to keep reflecting in our homes, outside our homes, how we interact with others, what kind of akhlaq we show, and 
learn from our mistakes. That person is really somebody who learns from his mistakes. Not make mistakes, where are we going to be that? We are not angels. None of us are angels. So to expect we are not going to make mistakes is a bit too far for us. But a person who learns from his mistakes, he is progressing. We all can make mistakes and we do make mistakes. But the person who learns from his mistake, he did something which should not have been done, now he learns from it. And he tries to avoid it the next time. It happened the next time, he puts some pressure on himself to get it right the third time. That he doesn't repeat again, he doesn't do the same thing one more time. So when a person learns from his mistakes and makes the effort, puts some pressure on the nafs, that learning from the mistake doesn't happen by just a wish, just a desire. That now I mustn't do this again. It comes by putting pressure on the nafs. The person did something, he realized this shouldn't have been done. Now if it was something that hurt somebody, go and ask the person for maaf. Go and ask the person for forgiveness. Make the person happy in some way. It's a child. The child now, especially in the case of a parent for example, now it's not correct to go and formally ask the child for maaf. If the child now starts getting asked for maaf and forgiveness formally, he will start maybe start deciding sooner or later that now I can use this to my advantage. The next time again the father will come to say, please make me maaf. He say, no, I won't make you maaf till you do this. So now he'll start getting all his demands in line also. So that's not the way to remedy that. That is now to be remedied by making the child happy in some way. The right of the child was also trampled. That too is going to be accountable on the day of Tiamat. So now that pain that came, the difficulty that was brought about to make amends for it in a way that compensates for it. But it's not in keeping with the terbiyat of the child to go and formally ask for maaf. Now that somebody has grown, they now it's a different phase of life, it's a different matter. But in their phase of terbiyat, that's not to be done. There's two things to be learned. So nevertheless, now the person puts pressure on his nafs. He goes and asks for maaf, goes and asks for forgiveness. Now that person will forgive sometime, sometime might not forgive. He'll say, no, no, you overdid it. So now he'll have to now overdo asking maaf. Again he'll come another time, please forgive me. That one line sometimes will do the job of maybe ten rakats of nafil. Because the nafs doesn't desire this. It's far easier for the nafs to make the ten rakats of nafil than to go and humble oneself and ask somebody for forgiveness. But that is what then brings that nafs in line. When it is put under that pressure and what it dislikes, it is made to do that which is right obviously. But the nafs dislikes it. It's forced to do that. So the person takes mashwara, takes guidance of how to go past through the issues in this way that akhlaq then comes onto line and that beautiful and noble way of Rasulullah becomes part and parcel of a person's life. Allah Ta'ala grant me also the tawfiq, grant us all the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala bless us with the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil
ربنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم عافنا ونجنا من كل بلاء الدنيا وعذاب القبر وعذاب الاخره اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك إله العالمين يا الله مصفل مصغريشس مصغائل مصلفك الله إله العالمين يا الله فقفس يا الله Allah forgive all our pain by the sins ya Allah. Ilahu alalim despite your countless nemas and bounties ya Allah. We have been so disobedient ya Allah. We have been so disloyal ya Allah. We have been so ungrateful ya Allah. We have been so shameless ya Allah. Ilahu alalim forgive us ya Allah. Allah forgive us ya Allah. Allah forgive us ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ilahu alalim make us your obedient servants ya Allah. Make us your pious servants ya Allah. Ilahu alalim ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Forgive us and forgive the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Remove the difficulties and hardships of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allahumma aslih Ummah Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma arham Ummah Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma farrij an Ummah Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma farrij an Ummah Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, grant us an entire ummah the tawfiq of those ahmal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us an entire ummah from such ahmal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, you grant us istiqamat of deen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us a strength of iman, Ya Allah. Fala wa hasu diyaqeen, Ya Allah. Fala wa hasu diyaqeen, Ya Allah. Allahumma khsim lana min khashyatika ma tahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik. Wa min ta'atika ma tuballighuna bihi jannatik. ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا اللهم متعنا باسماعنا وابصارنا وقواتنا ما احيتنا واجعله الوارث منا واجعل ثارنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من اعذانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا اكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا تسلط علينا من لا يخافك فينا ولا يرحمنا 
grant us the firmness of yaqeen, ya Allah. Grant us all the sifat of iman, ya Allah. Grant us taqwa, ya Allah. Grant us tawakkul, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, you grant us steadfastness of deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. You protect us and safeguard us, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. You protect all the Muslims, ya Allah. Allah, Allahumma kulla khayrin ni kulli muslimi wa muslimah. Allah, protect the entire humanity, ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Remove all the viruses, ya Allah. Remove all the illnesses, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. You protect all the masajid, ya Allah. Protect the madaris, ya Allah. Protect the makatib, ya Allah. Protect all the classes of deen, ya Allah. Protect all the organizations of deen, ya Allah. Whatever efforts of deen are taking place on the line of haq, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, protect one and all, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make it a means of hidayat, ya Allah. Allah, protect the musallis of the masajid, ya Allah. Protect the students of deen, ya Allah. Protect all those who are serving deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, protect one and all, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, you guide us to your pleasure at all times, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, in every condition, ya Allah. Whether in ease or difficulty, ya Allah. Let us be conducting ourselves in a way that you are pleased, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. You keep us steadfast on the way of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, full of hearts, ya Allah. Ya Allah, with your, your consciousness, Ya Allah, let our hearts be focused towards you, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us that complete itminan and sukoon in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, you have, Ya Allah, granted the promise in your Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Allah, bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. Ilahul alameen, grant us that level of zikr which becomes a means of that itminan qalb, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, full our hearts with that itminan qalb, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, everything is in your control, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, out of your grace and mercy, remove all the illnesses, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, all those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those are in debts, Ya Allah, make their debts get paid out easily, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, not a cent of debt remains on anyone, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are in any kind of depression, anxiety, worry, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant sukoon and itminan to the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah, Ya Allah, you forgive them, Ya Allah. Make them makhfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, when our time comes, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman-e-kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat al-nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Azamin, make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Azamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, all those who have a right upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make each one yours, Ya Allah. Make us all yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the khair that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked for, Ya Allah, bless us with it as well, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب